This morning I want to focus a little bit on the Holy Spirit. And uh, the title of the talk is Because of My Need. Because of My Need. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for another beautiful sunny day where we can worship you, where we can live for you. We ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon our lives and our hearts, Father. As we open your words, as we seek to be blessed, we ask that you may speak clearly. And may we not only be inspired, but Lord, may we be filled with your Spirit to accomplish the purpose you have for our lives, not only today, but from now till you come. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we're going to see something that Jesus is telling us to do. Luke chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 9. Luke 11, verse 9. Jesus says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And just in case you don't get it, he kind of repeats the same thing in verse 9. It says, and I say unto you, uh, in verse 10, it says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so here it's, the, Jesus is saying, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock. But contextually speaking, what is he asking us to seek, ask, and knock about? The Holy Spirit. Very good. So he says, I want you to ask, seek, and knock, particularly for the Holy Spirit. Why the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5, verse 22, if you can turn there with me. Galatians 5, verse 22. It's a verse we know, but let's listen to it in the context of what Jesus is asking. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So here we see that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the Holy Spirit leads you to have a church like Jesus Christ. We are told in Review and Herald 1888, March 20, it says, it is not enough to argue in defense of the truth. The most telling evidence of its worth is seen in a godly life. Our strength lies in being connected with God by His Holy Spirit. So my question to you this morning is, how is your walk with God? Are you growing daily in Christ? Or are you no better off than, say, last year? Maybe, you know, we're worse off because now we actually know more truth. We've heard more sermons and we do less, right? Are you living up to the light that you know? Or is your spiritual life stagnant? You go to worship, classes, work, sleep, and it's just, it starts over again and again. You know, we are not to despair. 
Because in Galatians, it shows that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the power to live a godly life. And you know, even in Philippians, we are told it is God that wills, it is God. Let's turn there. Philippians chapter 2 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians chapter 2, for it is, is it chapter 2? Thank you. For it is God which worketh in you both to will, that is desire, and to do, that is power, of his good pleasure. So if your spiritual life is stagnant, if you don't, if you realize maybe I'm not living up to the light that I should be living up to, if you look at yourself one year ago or two years ago, and you say, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm even better, maybe I'm, 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 I'm even worse because now I know more, we don't need to despair. What we need to do is we need to pray more for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock, specifically because for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will give you not only the desire, but will give you the power to live a godly life. Review and Herald 1908, November 19 says, when the Spirit of God takes possession of the heart, it transforms the life. Sinful thoughts are put away. Evil deeds are renounced. Love, humility, and peace take the place of anger, envy, and strife. Joy takes the place of sadness, and the countenance reflects the joy of heaven. That was Review and Herald, 1908, November 19. Isn't that wonderful? How sometimes we're trying to do it on our own, and we're saying, wait a second. God is saying, I want you to seek, I want you to knock, I want you to ask specifically for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will give you the desire and the power to be able to live a godly life. And so instead of focusing on you trying to live the godly life, maybe we need to start focusing on asking and knocking and seeking for the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Why pray? Why pray for the Holy Spirit? In Acts chapter 2, if you can turn there with me, Acts chapter 2 and looking at verse 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says, And they were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost. Verse 37 of the same chapter tells us, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So the Holy Spirit falls in mattering power upon God's, Jesus' disciples. Then they will go out and preach with great power. The multitude are convicted. They look, what are we supposed to do? And in verse 41, the Bible tells us, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Jesus says, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock. You can ask and seek and knock for different things, but specifically I want you to ask, seek, and knock for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will give you power to live a godly life and even a desire to do so. I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock specifically for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will not only give you power to live a godly life and a desire to do so, but the Holy Spirit will give you power to do a greater work for God. In Review and Herald 1890, February 18, it says, What we need is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without this, we are no more fitted to go forth to the world than were the disciples after the crucifixion of their Lord. 
you know, it was even what Brother Jeffrey, Jeffrey was talking about, how you remember what happened to the disciple after the crucifixion? They were all locked up behind a door and they're just, you know, cowardly. And we wonder why we have no power with the world. Yeah, we can strategize. We can have all kinds of implementations. But if there is no Holy Spirit, we are no more fitted than the disciples were behind that locked door. 5T, page 158, it says, Without the Spirit and power of God, it will be in vain that we labor to present the truth. In Acts of the Apostles 51, it says, The presence of the Spirit with God's worker will give the proclamation of truth a power that not all the honor or glory of the world could give. So my question this morning, do you feel weak? Do you seem to lack courage to do ministry for Jesus? How effective is your spiritual influence? In the last year, has somebody come to Christ through your ministry? You say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, you know, I... No, but has God done something in your life? I don't know if you know, but with sheep, it is not the, you know, the shepherd could be the pastor. We are the sheep. It is not the shepherd that reproduce sheep. Are you with me? The sheep reproduce sheep, you know? So the shepherd is also a sheep, you know, kind of, but, but so the pastor is also a sheep, but, but it's the sheep that reproduce the sheep. So if we look to the pastor and say, you know, I, you know, I wasn't able to do anything because I'm not a pastor, we're sheep. We're the ones that's supposed to reproduce the sheep. So God is asking us, how is our influence? How is our impact in our community? Have anyone come to Christ through your ministry in the last year? Do you feel that you're getting nowhere in ministering to your family, to your church members, to your community? You don't need to despair. What we need to start doing is start asking, seeking, knocking, earnestly, specifically for what? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will give you a desire and the power to, give a, to live a godly life. But the Holy Spirit will also give you power to do a greater work for Jesus Christ. You know, many times I thought the Holy Spirit was like a light switch where you go to the wall and you turn the on and, and the Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit is there or off the Holy Spirit is not there. But the more I study God's word, and I encourage you to not take my word for it, but to study for yourself, the more I realize it's not quite like that. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, if you can turn there with me, in Acts 4 31, we read this, it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken and where they were assembled together and they were all what? filled. It's not the Holy Spirit was turned on and after the Holy Spirit was turned off, they were actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's this concept of, of, of like a bottle. It's like this concept of a bottle and the filling in. And I don't know, in the Bible you'll hear a concept about they have a measure of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just they have the Spirit or they don't have the Spirit, they have a measure. And even one man, remember, asked, I want a double measure or portion of the Holy Spirit. If you can turn with me to um, John chapter 7, I believe it illustrates even more what we want to be able to accomplish. In John chapter 7, and this is Jesus, you know, there's people that are just, just starving spiritually and he, his heart aches for them. And so at one of the feasts, he stands up, and with a loud voice, John chapter 7 and verse 30, John chapter 7 and looking at verse 38, 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, 
Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so what God wants, he wants us to be filled with God's spirit to the point that it's not just satisfying our own need, but it's overflowing out of us. And now we actually start being useful to the community and our families and the people around us. But few of us ever pray for the Holy Spirit. You know, we pray for mom, we pray for dad, we pray for job, we pray for our money, we pray for this. But how many of us actually sit down and dedicate time to pray for God's Spirit? You know, last night I spoke about crying out to God, Jesus, have mercy upon me. And you know the way that God responds and brings healing, it's through His Holy Spirit. And so what happens is, you know, we kind of pray, Lord, you know, give me a, give, help me, give me the Holy Spirit. And so, 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 so we have a little bit of God's Spirit. But, but, but it barely takes care of our own needs. And so it's as if you're standing on the edge of a desert and you have a multitude that have just, that have just, that have just crossed three days or two and a half days and they're just, just starving and just barely getting to the edge and they're, they're starving because of, of divorce and, and abuse and whatever they're going through and we can actually make a difference in their lives. We need water for many things. We need water to, 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 to clean things, to, to, to be dehydrated, to whatever, you know. But, and so they need the living water. And the way that God provides living water is through you and through me. And so because we have this little thing, you know, and, and, and just a little bit of water, and this guy just went through, 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 through basically hell. And he's coming through, and he just went through a divorce. And you're going, it's like, and he went through three days without water. It's like, oh, you look kind of thirsty. Um, here, why don't you drink a little bit? Right, so, so, just a little sip. You know that that's torture. It would be better for you not even to give him any water than to give him a little sip like that. You understand what I mean? What God is saying, I want you to plead, to ask for God's spirit to be with you. And we've talked about a little earlier about a total surrender. And it's not saying, if you're pleading for God's spirit, you know, you need to plead for God's spirit to empower you to give, live godly lives. But I hope you understand that prerequisite is complete surrender, that you're willing to be able to be transformed. Because if you're not willing, there's no point in you pleading for God's Spirit. But when you plead for God's Spirit, what happens is that the Holy Spirit, the more you plead for His Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit is appreciated in your life, the more your life starts being filled to the point that it's overflowing. So when people are just straggling around you that are hurting all around you, and sometimes they hurt you too because hurting people hurt. If you are so filled that it's overflowing, then people can start drinking from the words of Christ that flow from you. Are you with me? So the question is, how am I supposed to ask for God's Spirit? Well, three basic points in Luke chapter 11, going back to our verse very basic points. It's interesting how Jesus says, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock. 
specifically for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will give you a desire and power to live a godly life, Christ-like life. You can't do it without my Spirit. I want you to seek. I want you to knock. I want you to ask specifically for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is what will give you power to be able to preach the gospel and impact people's lives forever. I want you to seek. I want you to knock. I want you to ask. Why? Because I don't want you to do it only once. Because my Holy Spirit, where it's not appreciated, where the Spirit is not appreciated, will come. But not in a measure that can make a difference in people's lives. You need to plead, ask for God's Spirit, so that as you start being filled with the Spirit, then you can actually start impacting people's lives. And so that's what's in chapter 11, verse, um, verse 9. But just before that, we are told a short little story. And the short little story is basically telling us how to ask for the Holy Spirit. And he says, verse 5, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity or his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I say unto you, ask, knock, and seek. The first point that I was impressed with is that there must be a persistence. There must be a persistence. When you go and you ask for the Holy Spirit in your life, you must persist. It's not a concept of, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. I don't feel it. I guess God doesn't want me to have, you understand? It is this concept of persistence. You have this friend that is knocking, right? That is knocking, that is knocking. And uh, you probably heard the story of, you know, Socrates, and that kind of illustrates the point that uh, there was a young man that wanted to be wise like Socrates and said, you know, what should, you know, how can I be as wise as you? And so Socrates brought him to a little pool and, and told him the young man to kneel down. And then Socrates took the young man's head and dunked it underwater. And, you know, the, hus- the young man's kind of discombobulated, is that a word, <laughs> or, or confused. And, um, you know, he's, he's under there for 30 seconds, 45. And then finally, you know, he taps Socrates' hands, you know, because it's time for me to get back up. But Socrates keeps holding him down. And uh, hand harder, but Socrates holds him tight. And then finally the young man is struggling and fighting, and, and Socrates just... And finally, when the young man decides, you know what? I'm never going to ask a question again. <laughs> that was not wise of me. And he's thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to die. And when the young man finally gives up, Socrates pulls him out. And the guy, you know, swearing, what, what do you do that for? And then Socrates tells him something. He says, listen, the day that will you will long for wisdom as earnestly as you longed for that breath of air is the day that you will receive. There is some truth about longing for God's Holy Spirit as if our life depends upon it. You know why? Because our life does depend on it. We go through life and think, you know what? No, I mean, I, people don't have God's Spirit. They're fine. I have God's Spirit. You know, friends, the wheat and the tear, everything's going together. But we're all going towards a precipice. And unless we can get our act together with God's help, something bad is going to happen. Here it says this in Christ Object Lessons, page 145, says, God does not say, ask once and you shall receive. He bids us ask 
unwearingly persist in prayer. Why? Listen to this. The persistent asking brings the petitioner into a more earnest attitude and gives him an increased desire to receive the things for which he asks. And so sometimes we ask and God doesn't give it to us. And so we say, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. No, there is a change or a transformation that comes in the asking. And so you don't be discouraged. What you do is you kneel, you knock, and you knock, and you knock. Just like the young man. He knocked and he said, look, I need bread. And the, and the man says, look, don't trouble me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here with my kids and we're in bed. Just go away. Hey, I, 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 need, I need bread. Listen, I thought I told you that I'm here in bed and, 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 and we, we're, I'm not interested. Just go away. Hey, I need, I need bread. Look, I said. And so he, the guy continues and continues and continues. Persistence. Persistence. And Jesus says, the man will get up and give him the bread, not because they're friends, even though they may be friends. They're probably not friends at that stage. <laughs> but they give because of his persistence. Number one, when we ask for God's Spirit, we must persist. Number two, when we plead for God's Holy Spirit, we must emphasize our need. And you know, sometimes that is where I have failed. And uh, I, don't, I want you guys to realize that Jesus says um, he won't give it to him because he's friend. it's his friend. He will give it to him because of his persistence. And the reason the person persists is because the reason the person realized how much he's in need. It's the bottom line, you know. So when you come to God, you don't come to God and say, like this man, he didn't come to his neighbor and says, hey, I lend you my lawnmower. You owe me one. Or, or, or remember, we go way back. So, you, so he doesn't talk about what he done or what their relationship is. He doesn't talk or emphasize the works. And it's the same thing when we come to Christ. Ellen White tells us it is our need that pleads most eloquently on our behalf. So when we come before God, we don't start knocking and says, Lord, this is what I've done. And Lord, I've left all these things for you. I've changed my friends and I've changed my music and I've done this and I've done that. You've got to hear me. You've got to help me. No, God doesn't have to. When you come before God, the only thing you have is my need. And so you're knocking and you're saying, Lord, I need help. I don't have any works to show. I don't have, you know, because any good thing that happened through me is, is, is because of God anyways. And so you knock and you knock and you knock. And so this neighbor just knocks and is rejected, knocks and is rejected. And every time is the same message. Look, brother, I, need, I just need bread. Just give me bread, please, and I'm going to go away. Look, I told you to go away. Please go away. Um, it's me again. I, I, I just need bread. I said, just get out of here. Um, look, I know you're angry, but look, you're the only one that I can turn to. Please, can you give me bread? Look, please, just, just go away. I'm tired. Um, I, I, I don't, please don't scream at me. <laughs> I just need some bread, please. And what pleads continually, your need, your need, your need, your need. I remember a few years ago, I, uh, I was visiting a church member, a, a gentleman, and uh, I was I'm involved in literature evangelism, so, I, you know, I, I was encouraging him 
and he, he said he wanted to do it. So I encouraged him. I gave him a stack of magazines. And I said, you know what? Magazines about, uh, and, you know, about God. And I said, why don't, you, why don't you share these? You may not sell books or whatever, but you share this literature with people. Start doing something. He said he wanted to do something. I said, okay, here's a stack. So I gave the brother the stack of magazines. And a few months later, I met this brother, and then he said, man, I have a story to tell you. I said, what is it? He said, you know, so I have this stack of magazine that you gave me. And uh, I took this stack, and I said, you know, every day, he's retired, man. And he says, you know, every day that I would go out, I would take one. And I said, okay, I'm going to distribute at least, I'm going to share at least one magazine for God. So he says, I would go to the mall, and then I would walk towards this lady, you know, intending to give her the magazine. And then she would kind of look at her watch. Oh, I guess she doesn't want the magazine. And then I would go to another man, and <coughs> he'd cough, and I'd get scared. And I, I cut, no, I don't think he's coughing. I don't think he would want the magazine. And then I'd go see this gentleman, and he looks at me, and I kind of keep walking because I can't. And you say, every day I would leave with my magazine, and I would come back with my magazine. And you know, he said, finally I got to the point where I got on my knees. I said, Lord, this is pathetic. I am your child. You are my father. You have saved me from so much, and I can't even give a tiny little piece of paper to somebody. And he said, I got on my knees. I said, Lord, I don't have any good to, sh <laughs> to bargain with you. I just need you, Lord. I'm so pathetic. I need help. Please help me. And you know, it's amazing. He said, I got down on my, off from my knees that morning and I took a magazine and I was supposed to go to a funeral. So I went to a funeral. I think it was Catholic church or something. Some friend had died. And it was the first person I met was the daughter of the person that had died. And before I could get discouraged or whatever, I just ran up to her and said, <laughs> and gave her the magazine. And she looked at the magazine, and she says, no way. He says, what? She says, we have this hope. These were the exact four words, the last four words of my mom before she died. He says, thank you, I'm going to read this. And he says, after that, I had no trouble distributing the rest of my magazines. Friends, when you come to God, and when you plead for his spirit, we have nothing to be able to bargain with him for. We're not to be able to talk about our accomplishment, about how God deserves, has to give us this because we deserve it, how we've given up stuff for him and therefore, no. When you come before God, the only thing we deserve is death. And so what we do is we plead for his spirit simply because of our need for him, right? And the last point is this. The last point is this, is when you ask, don't ask for yourself alone ask to give in Christ's object lessons page 142 it says our prayers are not to be a selfish asking merely for our own benefit we are to ask that we may give isn't that amazing so that the, 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 this gentleman and this, this, is, this is powerful this gentleman is knocking at the neighbor's door and the neighbor is, is rejecting him and rejecting him and cussing him out or whatever, just telling him to go away. And he's taking all that rejection and he's taking all that bluff and all the spit and everything. And he doesn't do it because he needs the bread. He actually does it because somebody else needs the bread. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You know, uh, some time ago I was knocking on doors. And this is a story that really marked my life. 
I, uh, I met a young man, his name was, was Stephen. And um, Stephen was a sorry sight, he had long hair, he had almost no teeth, and he looked, he looked pretty bad. And he had so many problems, he had hepatitis C, I think it was. He had a few issues where he was supposed to die anytime, right? He also had fluid that would gather up in his legs, and uh, he, had, he, could, he couldn't stand for a long time. He had to go and lay in bed and raise his legs. And, and, and just a sad story about, you know, how he was supposed to die. Not, he was already supposed to be dead. And the medication actually he was taking was so strong. That's why some of his teeth and his hair had fallen out, right? And, um, but, you know, Stephen was happy. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because he said that he met Jesus. And he said, you know, if he was actually saying, if it wasn't for this sickness, I would never have met Jesus. I'm like, wow. You know, and, and so he was telling me how the doctors were telling him he was not going to live to see his son graduate from, from elementary school. And his son actually did graduate from elementary school already. And, uh, but the sad thing is that his, his wife left him over all this disease and took the son with him and and just, there was a lot of, 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 of sadness in his life. And so, you know, we talked, and he was excited about God, and so he got a book called The Great Controversy, and he was excited about prophecy, and I praised God for that. And at the end, I asked Stephen, I said, look, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, sure. So I prayed for him. I don't remember what I said, but I do remember that when I was done, he started to pray for me. And I'm telling you, in Canada, that's like a rare thing. I mean, People are like less than 10% go to church type of thing. So uh, it was really, you know, I finished praying. He starts praying. And uh, I don't remember everything he said. But I do remember the last few words. He said, God, I want to serve you like this young man. And um, he said, Lord, you have taken away my wife You've taken away my kid. You've taken away my health. You've taken away my legs. You've taken away my future. But Lord, I still got my hands. Won't you use my hands to do something like this young man is doing for you? And you know, I remember driving home that night thinking, wow, wow. You know, how many of us have our hands, have our feet, have our legs, have our future? And we just won't do anything or do more for God. You know, we won't plead for God's Spirit to take control of us. And if we ever plead for God's Spirit, it's for me, myself, and I. And here we have a man that he's supposed to be dead any moment, and he's pleading with God for God's Spirit to use him for whatever is left of him <laughs> to be able to give the bread of life to others. This is a powerful quote found in 60 page 90 it says the holy spirit will come well who will the holy spirit come to the holy spirit will come to all who are begging for the bread of life to give to their neighbors isn't that amazing isn't that amazing how when you plead for god's spirit it's amazing how the holy spirit will come but the power will come when the focus is not on me anymore but it's on others. You know, a few, uh, a year or two after that, I actually met Stephen in an evangelistic series. Tons of people, and I see the man walking down the aisle. I'm thinking, this guy's not supposed to be walking.
you know, what's he doing here? And he recognized me because I had lost track of him. He recognized me and, and, and we started talking together, sharing, and he, and he thought I was a pastor because I told him, I will pray for him. And I do pray. I put him on my prayer. And he said, you know, tell your church members that the prayers are working. <laughs> he says, you know, God is healing me and, and, and I'm supposed to be dead, but you see, I'm walking. And, and it's like, wow, wow. You know, for those that, that plead for the bread of life, able to give to that beg for the bread of life the holy spirit will come and so to recap we are told jesus says look i want you to ask not just ask i want you to seek not just seek i want you to knock i want to ask seek knock i want you to do this earnestly specifically for the holy spirit why the holy spirit because you don't understand it's the holy spirit that will give you even a desire for spiritual things not only that but the holy spirit when my spirit comes in you the holy spirit will give you power to live a godly life and so when you are struggling when you are failing when you are always are are just focusing upon yourself and when you don't shine let my light shine forth don't despair what you need to do is double up your efforts to plead for my spirit because when my spirit comes from a heart that is willing there is no limit to what I can do in your life the other reason I want you to ask I want you to seek I want you to knock for the Holy Spirit is because you have a work to do you have an influence you have a power to do for yep to do something and you need power to do it and so my spirit when my spirit comes in you you will have power to do a greater work for me But when you plead for my Holy Spirit, I want you to know that you must persist. Because the Holy Spirit is not an on-off type switch. The Holy Spirit, the concept is God's Spirit. When He comes, He fills us. And so the more that you plead, the more that you appreciate, the more that you use, the more that you're filled. And so I want you to persist. Ask, 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 persist. Just like that young man struggled for that breath of air and would do anything for that breath of air. Get to the point where that will be your experience with my presence through my Holy Spirit. Number two, when you plead for God's Spirit, don't talk about your accomplishments. Don't talk about what you've left, what you've done, or what you've not done. When you come and plead for my Spirit, God says, I want you to emphasize your need. Just emphasize your need. And the last point, when you plead for God's Spirit. Yes, it's true. We want God's Spirit for our own lives. But may your emphasis be for someone else, for someone else. Whether it's family members, coworkers, students that you go to school with, um, when you start pleading for God's spirit beyond just me, myself, and I, and your care and interest is starting to be emphasized more and more on those around you, God says, that's when I will pour out my Holy Spirit. My spirit then will come. And friends, my desire for all of us is that as we begin a new week, and uh, I don't know where you're going from here on, but just as my desire was last night, that we may, for the next month, just start pleading for Jesus to have mercy on us. The way that he shows his mercy is through the impartation of his Holy Spirit. My prayer that as we commit to pray earnestly for God's Spirit, that he will start doing a work in us that hitherto he has not been able to do because we have not asked. Are you willing to pray for God's Holy Spirit? Are you willing to make that a commitment? 
to make it a serious part of your prayer every day. If that is your desire, stand and let's ask God to solidify this commitment. Eternal Father, how we need your presence. Holy Spirit, how we desire you to come into our lives. We realize that our, we don't really have the fruit of the Spirit as we ought to. We realize that we don't have the gift of your Spirit as we ought to. We realize that our, the impact that we've had has been so weak and we've lacked so much power. And Lord, this morning you've told us that maybe one of the main reasons, yes, surrender is one, but maybe another is because we have not begged for the impartation of your Spirit in our life. And so today we stand not just asking you for your Spirit to dwell in us, but asking you that you may help us to make or to fulfill the commitment that daily, especially for the next three, four weeks, daily until it becomes a habit, we will every day plead for your Spirit in us to give us that power to live godly lives, to give us desire for spiritual things where maybe now it's not there, and to give us power to do a greater work for you within the sphere of our influence. But Father, as we have read, if we go and labor without your Spirit, we labor completely in vain. And so, Lord, we come. We're not talking about our accomplishments. We're not telling you how good we are. We're not even telling you how bad we are because you already know that. The only thing we come, pleading our need. We just need you, Lord. We need your help. And as you have promised, we need your help for us to change. But maybe even more importantly, we need your help so that those around us can be changed too. And so won't you hear our cry? I pray you will not get annoyed at us, but, and you said you wouldn't, as we storm heaven's door, pleading for your spirit. Hear our cry. May our desire for your spirit grow as we earnestly pray for your presence. And Lord, may there be such an outpouring in our hearts and lives that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. This I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.